Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Get ready, Seattle, for the biggest live podcast event of the year. This July 30th, Northwest Film Forum is going to explode. Not one, not two, but three local podcasts go head to head. Funhouse Family, Save the D8, Shifties. This awesome mind-twisting action from 7 to 11 p.m. Watch as the Funhouse Family discusses the local art scene. See the Save the D.A. crew improv a D&D story that you'll never forget. And stare as the shifties regale the masses with how tough it is to be in the workforce. Plus, all those with the best handmade name tags will win awesome prizes. Watch them all battle it out under one roof. Northwest Film Forum, July 30th from 7 to 11. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the urge. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Funhouse Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Taves. Today's guests are Kunar Bahal, Edgar Grousen, and lounge singer Cynthia Berlin. So why don't you stick around and kill that frown or join us. I, you know, I think like, you know, before we started, I was like uh, complaining about how much good content there is out there mm-hmm. that it's, like, it's impossible to consume everything I want to consume in like my lifetime. That makes it really hard to choose just one. So maybe yeah. like most recent, like what is what have you been maybe like listening to or watching recent within the last like year or so? That yeah, enjoyed, yeah. Like, so this past m- month, I've been finally getting around to consuming every second of Shit's Creek, okay. uh, which I really, really love. Yeah. And um, uh, I've always had an appreciation for the SCTV folks. Oh, I just don't remember. I actually met Eugene Levy once uh, in college. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he was lovely. Um, and But yeah, so just kind of Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are just mind-boggling yeah. for me right now in this moment. You know, yeah. like I just want to know more about what what they do to like be that good. And, yeah. and that they're still at it after so many years of like being Com- in the business. Like Completely. Second City with SCTV. Well, yeah. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara is one of those people that... I, I mean, I'm I'm sure she has experienced this, mm-hmm. but you just kind of feel like she's always worked and always gotten great roles, and that yeah. she's one of those like middle-aged and upward women who just like does it, has no problem, yep. is loved and beloved, and can deliver. You know, and, it's consistent yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hello, Funhouse listeners. Uh, I'm currently sitting with Kanor uh, Bahal. She is an improv artist and teacher. She founded the company Mindhatch that focuses on human-centered design work, facilitation, and corporate improv. Kanor, thanks for joining us. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So for listeners who are not aware of you, could you give a brief or however long history of who you are? Maybe just like the the bullet points, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I think I always like lean on like where I've lived because I've sure. enjoyed moving around a lot and fancy myself a, a transient. Uh, <laughs> and um, um, but yeah, so I grew up in in rural Ohio, and by the time I was twelve, could not wait to get out. And um, <laughs> uh, fled, ran away to New York City for college. Wanted mm-hmm. the complete opposite of what I had growing up, and got it. And. Um, then had a little bit of a misfit year after college, lived in Cincinnati, lived in India, uh, in Greece, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of different places. Um, and then uh, went to Chicago for grad school and nice. then moved to Washington, D.C. 
Uh, in the eight years I was in Washington, D.C., I had a little bit of a stint in Philadelphia. Nice. Uh, and then back to D.C. and then now to Seattle. So I think uh, who I am is someone who's pretty okay with taking big life risks. Yeah. Like and I'll, moving I'll move for any reason. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, some, so something that you mentioned was, um, well, actually before that, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about like your experience with like what got you started in mm-hmm. improv and comedy. So was there, was that like a high school experience? Like what was, can you describe that like formative experience or that thing that got you kind of pushed into that? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't in high school. Um, like, uh, so I went, I grew up in rural Ohio, went to public school, a great public school, but yeah. you know, still a public school. And I, I remember like getting to college and, you know, uh, being so insanely jealous and in awe of my friends who's also public schools had like drama class, you yeah. know, like a yeah. period in the day where they learned drama, right. you know, we did not have that at all. It was like strictly after school, you mm-hmm. know, ramshackle pulled together a play and a musical and a musical, you could only do it once every other year, yeah. you know, and um, Fly by the yeah, 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 totally. Um, and, uh, so I didn't have much exposure to improv growing up except like, you know, being in the Midwest, it was you know, common, um, that second city's touring company would kind of skirt through my hometown, which had yeah. a pretty decent convention center. Um, and one time they did do like a, a workshop for my drama club, uh, in high school. And I remember taking part in that, but right. I don't think I really knew what it was exactly. Or maybe I didn't even understand why it was being brought to like the drama mm-hmm. club, you know, as opposed yeah. to something else. Um, so really kind of when I found improv, so to speak, um, was in college. So I, you know, without really having the terminology, I definitely grew up a comedy nerd. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty Python was around, like yeah. staying up late to watch SNL. You know, yeah. when I was 12, I like badgered my mom into extending my bedtime so I could watch Late Night with Conan O'Brien. You know, and did, like, she, did she come Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, she nice. acquiesced. And, my, and my, mom would, my mom and I would fight because she would want to watch Leno and I'd want to watch Letterman. You know, so it was like, it was, she was a night owl too. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, so definitely my formative years were being a burgeoning comedy nerd for sure so I got to college and I um the first thing I did was send resumes to the daily show and late night with Conan O'Brien to mm-hmm. do internships and I ended up interning at Conan twice in college and that's kind of really where I kind of started watching a lot of improv like going right. to UCB theater um and also like being encouraged to take a class yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so that time at, at Conan O'Brien was that like a that was like a lot of behind the scenes work yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just like uh, behind the scenes, general production kind of grunt. Right. Like, go get that. We need this for the show tonight. Um, you know, photocopy all these scripts. You know, like that kind of thing. Go get throat coat for the member yeah. of this band who yeah. says they can't go on stage without having it. You know, that kind of. I have throat coat in my purse right now. It's yeah, there you go. How I learned about throat coat and the magic of throat <laughs> it coat. It stays with you. you yeah, that, completely. That, that experience. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely have memories of <laughs> racing through Rockefeller Center to like mm-hmm. the Dwayne Reed in there to like grab throat coat yeah. and like, race it back up to the studio (laughs) it sounds like like sometimes i talk to performers and there sometimes can be a disconnect between like what we see on stage versus like what we actually like the work that goes behind it so it's like it's kind of like um um it reminds me of the the iceberg uh Mm. photo that you see where it's like you only see the tip of this thing but everything else um so i guess for me like why why are you attracted to that 
type of work, that type of administrative behind the scenes work. Because what it sounds like going out and grabbing throat coat, it sounds very like unromantic. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. It sounds very like realistic. But <laughs> what is it about? Because I am also, uh, I also love that as uh-huh. well. Like, because if it doesn't happen, it doesn't get done. The show doesn't happen. So yeah. what is it about that work that like attracts you to yeah it's a really good question yeah I I think I always like even though I I, when I was like growing up I always wanted to like work in entertainment in some Mm -hmm. capacity it it was always more along the lines of like being on the business side of it you know as opposed to being 100% a a creative I think I think as creative or performative as I ever desired to be was maybe a writer okay you know Um, but but yeah I was more attracted to it uh, on the business side in fact my brother when I was in college like he teased me once and he was like, hey, Kanur, when you're head of programming at NBC, you got to do us a solid and bring Freaks and Geeks back. And I was like, <laughs> hell yes, because we were so yeah. pissed off when Freaks and Geeks was canceled. Yeah. And, um, That's a bummer. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of always in, in that direction. I think also just like subconsciously, it was probably just a little bit around like, God, to be an artist full time just seems so like hard or even to say yeah. that. You know, I was always kind of someone who liked to cast a white net and have backup plans. Right. You know, I was totally fine being at NYU's liberal arts school rather than the film school, but I right. took all the electives I wanted in the film school, you know, that kind of thing. So I was always okay with having kind of like a, a backup plan. Sure. And um, and sure enough, it kind of makes sense. Like there's a weird through line between my desires back then and now as the owner of a business that does creative things. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird kind of, you know, full it's an circle intersection. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it all came, like, yeah, exactly. I think full yeah. circle is a good way to describe yeah, totally. it. Yeah, totally. I think so, also the appealing thing is like when you're on the production side, it seems so much more like you're working on a team. Yeah. You know, I think to, to be very, very general, to kind of be the performer seems a little bit lonely and mm-hmm. almost self-indulgent. Yeah, Not in no, a bad totally. way. Totally. But I'm really attracted to kind of working with people and, you know, rolling up her sleeves and getting things done. Right. Yeah. How can we, how can we not just serve ourselves and maybe serve whatever institution exactly. or uh, in, uh, enterprise we're a part yeah. of? Um, so I wanted, I want to talk about, um, uh, mind hatch, but mm-hmm. before that, and I, I think this kind of goes, it's a similar question, but kind of general, like mm-hmm. why comedy? What attracts <laughs> you to comedy? Oh man. I like that question so much. Um, I, it's gonna be hard to be. Like, it's like chicken and egg. It's like, am I being descriptive or am I being proscriptive? Yeah. Like, however uh, way you want to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like comedy because I think it's it's so you like necessary. Like every culture has its own version of comedy and humor. Yeah. You know, and so there's just something innately like required of it sure. to be a human being. Sure. You know, I think the other thing I really like about comedy is that, um, um, like, you have to be smart to be a good comedian, you know, like, yeah. I do you remember, like... In multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, you take, like, stand-up, for example, which I've never done, but it's, like, if you're gonna deign to go on stage and, like, poke fun at something... Sure. You gotta know your shit, yeah. right? You better know the ins and outs of it. You're probably a good logical thinker, mm-hmm. can, like, craft an argument, you know? So mm-hmm. I have respect for comedy because I think it's so hard. Yeah. But also, um, frankly, comedians, I think, are just a lot of times a lot smarter <laughs> than, than yeah. the average person, you yeah. know? So, um... So I have a lot of respect for it in in that sense. Um, And I think, like, 
I am a big fan of like satire and like political sure. humor and you just you have to like you have to cut things down to size when it's really important and humor is like a really good way to do that. People yeah. need a safe space to be able to deal with all the shitty stuff that's happening around them. Yeah, but also <laughs> just to be like, this is shitty, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. to be really overt about it too yeah. and you know, not stick your head in the sand about it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean it's like interesting you talked about the daily show, like there are people who you know, utilize the, you know, they rely on the daily show as their source of news. And that's just so ironic to me. It's Mm -hmm. like, we're using this comedy network as a way to actually get to the truth of things, cutting it down to as far as you were saying. Yeah. I know like John Stewart was always so adamant about like, do not only watch us to get Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I, I kind of always push back on that because it's like, you know, if you're going to compare cable news mm-hmm. which is not news mm-hmm. you know like um and then comedy news like at least comedy news is providing a point of view and a criticism right you know and um cable news purports to be objective but is not in right. any way right you know so it's like if you're gonna choose one i would much rather get my news from a comedian mm-hmm. you know who's able to synthesize things and deliver a point of view whether mm-hmm. you agree with it or not but they're also much more clearer when they're delivering a point of view and when they're not um, I haven't gotten my news from TV since September 11th. I just stopped watching. I like to read my news or hear it on NPR. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, NPR is my, yeah, my news source. Yeah. They, I mean, at least they are. Uh, they try to be as objective as they can be, or yeah. like just presenting the facts. Yes, yeah. Um, and and you're talking about that. It, like it reminds me of a like John Oliver's show. Yeah. Because I love his format of like we're going to talk about all these news and we're going to break down a specific subject, satirize mm-hmm. it, and then do some sort of call to action, yes. which I really appreciate. Yes. Which is not. It makes me feel a little bit more empowered as opposed to just like 24 hour news cycle. Just like, look at all the terrible things our president is doing. Yeah, completely. <laughs> it's like, it's not just the facts, right? Yeah, John Oliver, I love like just the um, the exaggerated extremeness of the call to action. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Just like, I'm like, look, I watched his show and it was like, I wonder how much that squirrel suit costs. Yeah. You know, like, that's a really good squirrel or suit how much that's, like, paid, so high quality. <laughs> how much you have to pay for this, like, yeah, URL? Totally. Or the, yeah, the, 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 the squirrel suit or, like, the, whatever, like, yeah. the smoke, the, the cigarette, what was it, the long? Oh, the long? Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, shifting gears, um, can you describe what ma- mind hatches and what you do for other business, like, what what it pitch it to us like what is mine sure. like, yeah so mine is my company that i started a little over five years ago when i was living in washington dc mm-hmm. and um it's really kind of the culmination of three things that i became very passionate about in my prior career so it was design thinking slash human-centered design to kind of apply that process to develop new products services and experiences with really truly customer needs and wants in mind Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, also doing um, what I refer to as organizational improv so bringing improv into the workplace um, for a lot of different reasons but primarily developing professional skills Mm -hmm. um, but improv being the learning methodology and you know just being kind of stickier so to speak um, than classic forms of learning Uh, and then facilitation work so you know uh, designing and delivering usually very activity-based experiential like brainstorming sessions um, for companies who are really struggling to either come up with ideas or enough ideas, but then also struggling with, okay, now that we have the ideas, what do we do with them? Yeah. Um, and so at heart, you know, like Mindhatch really helps companies, you know, for-profit and non-profit alike, just get better business results mm-hmm. by virtue of using these creative methods. Yeah. What does a, like... 
can you talk us through like what does an exercise what does a day look like like what kind of exercises do you do like how do how do yeah. how does it work like practically uh, do you mean like what is like my day-to-day like or when I'm working with a sure client? yeah when yeah. you're working with a client like, like what what is that what does that room look like oh well I guess it depends on like what service I'm delivering so if sure. I'm if I'm doing like a design thinking training for okay. a company, it'll look a little bit different than you know running an improv workshop for a company. Sure. Um, if I'm doing design thinking kind of consulting work, it's a bit longer term. It can kind of look, frankly, a little bit more traditional, like lots of emailing, lots of conference calls, you know, lots sure, of like sure, sure. in-person or virtual collaboration too. Um, but uh, but yeah, in terms of what it looks like, it's um, it just depends. If I'm kind of delivering a one-off workshop. Or if I'm, you know, working with a, a client more longer term on mm-hmm. actually kind of building and standing up like a new product or service. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it's harder to kind of generalize, but. Um, well, let's say like the Im- like an improv workshop. Mm-hmm. Like what is an improv? What kind of exercises or how do you facilitate that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So a couple of kind of uh, tried and true things that I kind of always try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily activities because like we custom create sure. and custom design every session based totally. on the objectives that we scope with the client. Gotcha. So there's no really kind of like set kind of list of activities we'll always do. Mm-hmm. But from my own experiences, um, you know, I always am so hell-bent on making sure everyone in that room knows why they're there and why they just did that activity. Yep. Like, I never want someone to think, oh, that was really fun, but I don't know why we just did that. Yeah. You know, and so I why was really... I a duck just now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I'm so glad you were a duck, and here's why I made you be a duck. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. It's like, here's how it applies to this bigger, yeah, more practical... Yeah, okay. Totally. Cool, 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 so kind of like my kind of ethos in like bringing improv <laughs> to, to companies is like, it has nothing to... I don't make them do scenes. I don't want them to do scenes or even be characters. It, mm-hmm. Who cares if they are good at doing improv in right. the way that I try to do after hours? You know, right. that does not matter. It's really like the learning and the application and the being able to try on a new behavior, try on a new skill, and hope they get confidence in that, you know? Mm. And then, you know, um, so after each exercise, you know, um, in an effort to make sure people kind of really are understanding why they did that and then how they can use it, Mm -hmm. we'll do like a facilitated debrief discussion, you Mm. know, to really, uh, you really try to um, get them to kind of like self-reflect and sure. share with each other like where they can use it in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer not to kind of like spoon feed or like tell them how because yeah. they know their work better than I ever will. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of kind of you know giving them that experiential practice with things that they may not have been comfortable with doing before, and then hopefully they leave that room having extra confidence. But also because improv is really fucking fun. Yeah. They have like a positive connotation with totally. having done what they did. Yeah. Totally. What are some of the challenges you find working with it? So first, before that, like, what what type of clients do you work with? Yeah. Oh man, if you looked at my client list, you'd be like, "What?" Uh, it's, it's really, it's really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's like they, they shouldn't like improv yeah. and this corporation. Like, I've done improv for the Pentagon and the State wow. Department, and I've done improv uh, for you know like Deloitte Consulting, okay. you know where I used to work. Um, so it really spans the gamut, and I actually yeah. am really. You know, early on when I founded Mindtatch, a lot of a lot of people, like elder statesman types, would, you know, tell me, "Oh, you gotta like, you gotta like specialize. You gotta like choose a sector. You gotta choose an industry, and like choose like the one problem you're solving for people." Yeah. And I kind of 
rejected that. Yeah. Well, not kind of. I wholeheartedly rejected that. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, and I, and I think the reason why I did has borne out to be true because mm-hmm. across human-centered design, across improv in the workplace, across facilitation, because all of those things are working with human beings who are working in groups trying to accomplish something greater than themselves, sure. it is agnostic, like what that thing they're trying to create is or what sector they're in, what industry they're in. You know, it, it does not matter. Um, like they have the subject matter expertise. What I bring is like a creative process and way of thinking and way of working right. to get them better results. Um, so my client list is very eclectic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just imagine like folks in the Pentagon doing yeah. exercises. And, and they were so like game. I had like yeah. uh, people in like fatigues showing up and yeah. like. They were great. It's because <laughs> yeah. they're probably like, it's probably a breath of fresh air to mm-hmm. folks like that. And probably in most of these companies. So yeah. like what, cha- what, what kind of growth or, ch- or even challenges do you see working with these groups? Like what is the, like yeah. a, 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 a pattern or a trend you see? Do you know, people receptive? It, oh yeah. You know, I think I've been really uh, fortunate that I've never really encountered kind of like a, a problem group or like right. a problem person that, I couldn't kind of get on the group side really quickly. Um, the truth is, is like no one wants to be the asshole who's stopping other people from having fun. Mm-hmm. And I find that if there ever is someone who's tempted to be that asshole, mm-hmm. like I often don't have to do much. It's more like their peers who are going to kind of like mob mentality them out of being an asshole right. and like ruining yeah, yeah, it for yeah. them. So I've been really lucky to not have encountered too many problems, but I definitely try to design for and around patterns that I might be able to predict. Yeah, you know? be so, a little preemptive. Yeah, yeah. like you um, you might have uh, like a leader in the group who thinks they have to like be the leader in the room, sure. you know, as opposed to kind of like just sitting back and being peers with their team. Right. Um, I, I counsel a lot of like leaders and CEOs beforehand on how best to show up in the mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you might uh, run into some people who instead of jumping in and doing the thing right. want to kind of talk about and poke holes in the thing before they even try it yeah so that happens sometimes um but i think i've over the years found a good way to kind of set the tone really quickly mm-hmm. so that usually by the time you've done the warm-up people are like into it yeah how do you get clients into that headspace to allow that facilitation of creative flow in this collaborative environment yeah. So in, in the case of an improv workshop, um, I will always, you know, run a one or two warm ups. Okay. Um, I try to make them kind of physical and I will always demo first to kind of show them sure. exactly Model how zany you yeah. can be. Yeah. Like what is the, the ceiling I'll try to set for them. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I'll also try to, I, I still, of course, make sure the warm-ups have an intention, that they were kind of been selected and curated for a reason. There's mm-hmm. still a lesson behind them. But um, I think the fact that I get them doing things really quickly yeah. kind of helps kind of like, uh, you know, dissipate any tension in the room that people might have. Um, um, so I think just setting that tone is really helpful. People also uh, sometimes come into the room fearful that they're going to have to act or they're right. going to have to be watched while they do scenes. So I, if I get a whiff of that, I will quickly dispel them of that myth yeah. and be like, no, you just got to be yourselves in this room. Yeah. Like, that's the best thing you can be is 
be even more your true self than you are normally think you're allowed to be uh, yeah. in the workplace. Go to that place that you don't normally tap into that like subconscious. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I view improv is like, it's all that stuff that's in the back of your head that yeah. you don't normally <laughs> bring yes. out to the conscious regular everyday Completely. life. Yeah. And um, with design thinking workshops, I, I honestly often use improv to set the tone. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I get a sense that a lot of the work that you do is, is working on how clients frame things and their interactions with others. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways the listener, our mm-hmm. listeners, can start framing their life in order to come to more creative solutions? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, so how to frame your life. I mean, <laughs> huh. <laughs> please, please tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yeah. What can I do to improve my life? I mean, I, you know, what, I, what I'm tempted to start saying is maybe not necessarily 100% about improv, but sure. I... You know, so I I started working in innovation the same month I started taking an improv class, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I saw so many parallels, even right down to like the exact terminology that was being used in these two sure. seemingly different disciplines. Sure. Um, and I think there's a reason why I, as an individual, when I first learned design thinking and human centered design, mm-hmm. it was like a fish to water. Right. It was like, oh, duh, I'm slapping my forehead. Like, yeah, this should yeah. not even be innovative. This yeah. is just so logical and intuitive. Um, and same thing with improv. Like, I think I was always someone who never feared kind of standing up in front of people. Sure. My preference was always to, like, not have a prepared, canned speech for anything. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, kind yeah. of be off the cuff. Yeah. So, but I think there's a couple of things um, that I feel... Um, are helpful in that kind of like reframing sure. your life and having like an attitude to like allow yourself to be creative. Right. I think the first is just like it's a risk if you do and it's a risk if you don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and we sense. we just like invent for ourselves this riskier to change mm-hmm. than to stay where we are. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that reflected in my many city moves as well yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, in my yeah. earlier you're living that yeah yeah <laughs> um so i've always been okay taking big swings at, at life because mm-hmm. it's like well to stay where i am feels like a risk too you know sure i think that's something that improv definitely teaches you and supports of like take that risk it will be rewarding at the very least you will learn something you didn't learn before um and that's like the most valuable thing so not staying yeah. too comfortable at home place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, why do you want to live your life with inertia? Right. Like that's not a good reason to, to move through life uh, for me kind of just personally. So I feel like I already was those things and Mm -hmm. I happened to find these kind of professional and creative outlets that were good matches um, for myself. Yeah. So to get a little specific, so you wrote an article about avoiding the quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, the brilliant jerk when you hire <laughs> yeah. new people for your business yeah. or team. So what recommendations, so first off, what is the, what is the brilliant jerk? How do you define the brilliant jerk? Yeah. So brilliant jerk is um, uh, definitely a phrase I didn't invent. I think it kind of uh, started being used a few years back when, um, you know, it started coming out about all these like assholes that like a lot of tech companies, frankly, but sure. they are not exclusive to tech companies sure. who are like, you know, um, rainmakers, right? And they're so good at this, you know, mm. but they create horrible work environments for their teams yeah. and often toxic behavior, toxic behavior, yeah, yeah. you know, create huge, oftentimes legal risks for their company, sure. you know, and yet they're still there, yeah. you know? So a, a brilliant jerk in my mind is like someone who's really brilliant, but then you have to take into account like, well, 
are they worth all the other shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, uh, can, Does optics look good? Yeah. Here, it's, so, it's someone else not as brilliant, but without yeah. being a jerk, yeah. you know? Um, totally. Yeah. Um, and so how does improv help reveal the brilliant jerks? Yeah. So, you know, having had several careers before Mindtatch and gone through the gauntlet of interviews, uh, and also having done interviews to hire people Mm -hmm. um, and talking with uh, recruiters um, as well uh, uh, when this idea was kind of budding for me. Mm -hmm. There's a lot it's it's really hard in any interview process to really understand the person you're talking to. Right. Because, and it makes sense like people are so practiced you know, you can literally memorize your responses to like 50 different behavioral interview questions. Totally. You know, like tell me a time when you were this, right? And so, and it makes sense. People should be prepared for their interviews, but you're not really getting like the true candidate in front Mm -hmm. of you. So I kind of feel like improv can be a real complement and supplement to existing processes, Mm -hmm. which frankly fail a lot um, in hiring good people. Because if you put someone through like an improv gauntlet, so to speak, there's no option but to be yourself in that moment, right? right? You cannot prepare for it. You cannot pretend you know, so you can kind of set up like little like scenarios and um, you know like simulations almost sure. to like actually see how they would behave. Yeah, see the true colors of that person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think you can tell pretty quickly if someone is like able to make their partner look good, right. or if they just want to hog the spotlight. Um, how do they react in the, in the face of an obstacle? Right? Sure. Do they retain composure or do they mm. break down? You know, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of those really hard to measure soft skills that frankly are becoming the most important thing yeah. uh, in hiring totally. um, are, are hard to evaluate. And I think improv can kind of be one way to kind of get to the core of who you might be bringing on to your company. It's, it's just like, it's almost like observing hum, just hum, how humans interact with each other through an aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's clear that you do the work necessary to run your company. <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone else who is starting their own passion-based company? Or what type of work do you need to do to prepare yourself to do that hard work? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I'm going to get really tactical. Like, one regret I have sure. is not not spending more money on a website way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I kind of really underestimated. That self-branding. Yeah, or even yeah. just having a working website that yeah. I could edit myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm right now, like, undoing my Franken site and getting, like, a, just a brand new site on the back end developed. Well, so I, I, had I, a fun, I had a fine time going through it. it oh, was, yeah? It, okay. it worked out for me. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, I was up till, like, after midnight last night trying to, like, add a fucking blog article and it's just it's a mess um so um um so that from a tactical level i'd say don't underestimate some of those early early stage investments um Mm -hmm. i was a little naive in terms of how a website might help my business uh at the time um but yeah i think i think god i started mindhatch because it was almost like a non-decision i wanted to do these three things i could not do them where i was working no other company does these three things. Right. <laughs> so I was like, if I want to do these three things, I just have to strike out on my own. Yeah. Um, but for people who are desiring to strike out on their own, um, I honestly, it's going to sound so cliche, but it's like, just just do it. Like, find ways you can run little experiments yeah. to kind of like see if it works. But also not only if it works, to see if you really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like, I was lucky. I got to practice a lot of the things that I do now. Mm-hmm. At my full-time job internally. Sure. You know, like my colleagues were asking me to put together improv sessions for their client teams, you know. And so I got to understand, like, 
I do love doing this. Right. You know, so I think find little ways you can kind of confirm for yourself that you want to make it a livelihood. And it, and it goes back to what you were saying about like the, the risk. Like it's a mm-hmm. risk if you don't do something and it's a risk if you do something. Yes. So it's like, you know, you have to be aware of that paradox regardless. Like, yeah. You just got to make, you, you got to take that first stroke on the canvas. Yes. Brush stroke on the canvas. Yeah, exactly. And like, man, the arc of your life and of your career is so long. Uh-huh. You know, that like there's time you yeah. Know? yeah i mean my dad even just started like learning how to play guitar oh and, like, and it's just like he's like always wanted to do that and that's i'm just awesome. like i'm so proud of him for doing you know it's just that's like incredible. you're doing the thing you're that's le- awesome. like and it's just like yeah i don't know so it, yeah. it's, it's never too late never oh uh hello um oh, hi we, hi oh, we hello sorry, everybody we, oh my god that's a Whoa. big big brown bear <laughs> oh my god uh, <laughs> Hold that thought, folks, because we're going to take a quick break. This May, the Funhouse family, in association with Theater Off Jackson, presents Funhouse Tonight, a theater-induced acid trip ripped from your television box. Funhouse Tonight is the subversion of an ordinary late-night talk show featuring local music, comedy, and reflections on topics such as the internet and your mind. There's also a mysterious grand prize, Guests include Emmett Montgomery, Annie Berry, Sarah Mack, Jim Allen, and more. Featuring live music from the fabulous Downey Brothers and Nero Taro. Two nights only, May 24th through the 25th. Tickets and info can be found at theateroffjackson.org. Join us. Now, back to the show. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. So it, yeah. it's, it's never too late. Never. Oh, uh, Hello. Um, oh, hi. We, hi. We, Hello, sorry, everybody. We, oh, my God. That's a Whoa. big big brown bear. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yes, my yes, I'm a bear. Oh, my goodness. I've I, never been this close to a bear before. Well, we're in the middle of a, a podcast interview, and you just waltz it right in. Oh, take a, take a seat. Oh, thank yep. you. Okay. What's All a right. podcast? I don't know. Do you want to explain what a... Uh, Brian, Brian, you're the host. Well, I mean, but... <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like a radio show. We do interviews and we, we talk to people. Um, I've, I've never met a... Have you ever met a talking bear before? I, I unequivocally have not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, well welcome. I'm happy to be here and introduce you to talking bears. There are many of us. Okay. Okay. Uh, great. Who, 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 do you have a name? Who are you? Of course I have a name. My name is oh, Edgar. Sorry. Edgar. Edgar Grausen. Grausen. Oh, like oh is that like German or? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> I mean, that may, that may be some German. Maybe that's something you can look into, you know. I might. I, 23andMe. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Ancestry.com? I, I'm not sure what you are referring to, but there okay. there might be some German ancestry. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll take it in, in, in chunks. And, oh, another, oh, oh, hey, oh, Edgar. Oh, I got the latte, but I can oh. find the salmon. What? Huh? Who's? Hello. Who's this? Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, we're we were in the middle of a podcast, but we can uh, yeah put a pause on that for. So, oh, who what? are you? You know I, Edgar. I do know Edgar. Yes. Um, we're meeting here. We we're supposed to be here. Um, my name is Cynthia Berlin. Cynthia. Does that oh, sound also, familiar? Also, the, kind of the... a German. Yes. A German. Yeah. That's my stage name. It's a stage oh, name. Stage I'm going through a divorce right now, so I'm just using my stage name oh, gotcha. when I'm talking to people because that. I'm very careful okay. about who I speak with. Okay. Because my ex, soon-to-be ex-husband, is is in communication with a lot of people. Oh wow. Um. Anyway, we are supposed to be here. 
I don't know why we're uh, so is this, this like a this also could be like a rehearsal space did you book it as a rehearsal space then well, or yes, are kind you here for yeah so um here's the thing okay Edgar and I are going to be on a reality show because we need to serve my yeah. thank yeah. you that's awesome uh, we need to serve my husband divorce papers we've done it lawfully I've done it lawfully <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. um I've had my sorority sisters go out into the city and talk shit about him wow. thank you Alpha Chi Omega um and now shout out now we are here <laughs> On a reality show, we pulled some strings. I pulled some strings, and they knew Edgar, and they're like, they'd be, Edward would be great for this. We had coffee last week. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just here to help Cynthia. She has been one of the most helpful people to me, and I just want to do what I can to support her. Thank you. How, yes. how, has, she, how has she helped you, uh, uh, Edgar Growlson? Well, Well, to be honest, as soon as I got out of the zoo... Everybody ran away from me, and I'm I'm really just trying to Wait, blend in. Wait, you got in. out like escaped from the zoo, or? Well, I I walked out. the 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 door was open. <laughs> you just and walked out. I walked out as soon as I was walking out. Everybody ran away, so it was very oh. easy to keep walking. Um, and but that must have been so hard. You like took your chance. You seized the opportunity, yeah, and just to be responded well, to in I, that way. I tried the door yeah. every day, every day for years. Just. To- the door handle. Well, and walk. this is why we really, day it was open. we connected. Yeah. I appreciated the risk yeah. that you took, and yeah. I appreciated the pushing. And you know what it's like to feel trapped. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So oh, we like had a lot of common. Trapped in a common. bad, bad marriage. Absolutely. Trapped yes. in a bad yes. marriage. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so curious. Like, I, I'm married, but um, never changed my last name. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, what, what was your maiden name? What yeah. are you going to be going back to? Well, that's the thing. I've actually changed... I'm in a process. Uh-huh. Cynthia Berlin is going to be my name because I am now, now that I have released the shackles of marriage, uh-huh. I'm going to move on and actually just commit well, to not, being a lounge singer. Well, not quite release the shackles because you still got to serve the divorce papers. Right, right but I'm very close. I'm right. very close. That's so right. I just want to be thinking, very sure. You're thinking want, it. I'm thinking you're ahead. I'm preparing. It. I'm yeah. vision boarding it. Yeah, you're saying, I'm done. I'm done. Shackles off. Shackles absolutely, off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. that's where you have to be. You know, Edgar and I, we spoke about this. Didn't we? Yes, you have to get the shackles off. In your mind. In your mind. And, 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 and literally for you. Literally, literally and, and in your door. mind. Yeah, figuratively Yes, as we well. are all behind glass. Glass boxes. And, and we must break through. That is what I've learned mostly from my observation of humans. <laughs> okay. In the zoo, I have observed them for many, many years. And there's, there's always an obsession with peering and tapping on the glass. Mm. But sometimes we must break that glass. Edgar, you told me an amazing story about this woman that was taking pictures of you. Yes. And there was just a connection you had. There was a connection I could see in her eyes mm. that she, she wanted. She mm-hmm. wanted more. Mm-hmm. She wanted more. Mm-hmm. There was something in... I think I think people humans have a bit of a the wrong idea about the zoo. They think it's some oasis, some nature. They and so she was looking in and I could see in her eyes that she really wanted wanted more, wanted to be part of nature and and the world. And and she was taking pictures and and we connected and and then I put my hand on the glass and she she screamed and ran and, and that was the end of that. Is, that, is this a common thing for you? People react. People are react very scared fearful. of me, which yeah. I I am I'm I mean, really I'm, trying so hard as as an anthropologist. We we work very hard to to wow. blend in mm-hmm. to learn the culture, but I think my appearance is yeah. just so. 
so different. Edgar, I, mm-hmm. I really admire you. It seems yeah. like you've you've acclimated to the non-zoo world like yeah. really well. Like you're drinking lattes. You well, have, thank like, you. It's mm-hmm. just it's you have a Cynthia has really been friend. It's been so important. Couldn't find the salmon, but that is, that is okay, Cynthia. But you're, you said you're an anthropologist. I yeah. am an anthropologist. Yeah. Yes. You're so learned for. I'm sorry. This is an assumption for a bear. Well, no, never mind. Nope, not gonna go down that route. Well, people, many people assume that we have no tradition. I did. That I story. did as well. Okay, so you yes, thought that too, I thought Cynthia? That as okay, well. okay. And I felt really terrible. And when I got, I mean, when uh, Edgar, when you came in here, I was terrified. I'm yes, I, yeah. that is a common common response. Um, but but uh, you you are you are as very very nice. You're a very mm-hmm. nice bear. Well, thank you. Yeah. You don't need to sound so surprised. <laughs> well, well, I. <I'm, laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I do hope to just be a good representative of brown bears, and um, and I hope that I am respectful of all of your culture as well. Yeah. well Mutual respect, and I that mean, is what what Cynthia yeah. brings, and that is what her husband, soon to be ex husband, did yes. not appreciate mm-hmm. about her. I have a kind of a maybe an uncouth question, um, Cynthia. Yes, you have a good friend who is a bear. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about asking Edgar to just? Take care of your husband. Oh my god! Oh, you Wait, know, take care, like, mm, like, like, in, like, like intimidate or more, like, like take out. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I have, I have to believe, like, if I were in your situation, it would be pretty tempting. So I watch a lot of Dateline, and <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I initially thought when I when I thought Edgar wasn't as smart as us, mm-hmm. I was like maybe maybe Edgar can can go down that road. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like I was using mm-hmm. Edgar. Uh, the just his brute force mm-hmm. would be kind of cheapening our relationship, and so we decided to go the reality show way. I think it's a much better route. So you thought you thought that you did think about. Quote unquote, taking out your it husband. Was, it was in the beginning stages, very quickly. And, okay. you know, as I met Edgar, I said no. Have you ever hurt a human being, Edgar? Heard, hurt, oh, hurt, hurt a human hurt being. Hurt a human being. No, I have never hurt a human being. I Physically. Physically, no. I, 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 but emotionally, yes? Well, I've, I've scared many humans, oh. so. But you can't really control that because of no. who you are. I, I try very hard not yeah. to. I, I consider myself a kind bear. And a respectful bear. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> would I would do agree. almost anything Cynthia would ask me to, but it really does oh, go stop. against my hmm. my my inclinations as 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 someone who is trying to blend in and be respectful. I think killing a human could potentially endanger those goals. Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. How else are you trying to uh, trying to blend in? Well, I heard that I should be wearing clothing, so that is mm-hmm. why I have this jacket it's on. Snazzy. It's snazzy. Yeah, it's yeah. Nice, it's bedazzled. I like it. Thank you. I uh, Cynthia helped me pick yeah. it out. She took yeah, me to the mall. Cynthia, you also have a bedazzled mm-hmm. jacket. You as know, well. I'm a different person wait, wait, turn now. Around. From... You guys have matching bedazzled jean jackets. Well, yeah. oh, yeah. look at oh, that little graphic so at the, the center. You've got a little graphic. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. We we decided on that. We just shackles. Yeah, shackles yep. breaking. Shackles breaking yeah. on the just, back of those jean jackets. And, and you great. can see the bits in, of little rhinestone yeah. falling down. Oh and yeah, that's it, yeah. That is intricate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Very nice. we knew it would look good on TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the the reality TV stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, first maybe giving us some context in the relationship. What's going on with sure. your? What, what well, is the biggest conflict? The with The big your conflict was you know he wanted kids, I wanted dogs, mm-hmm. and. 
and, and it just didn't work out. It was that simple. The problem is oh. he is a very busy businessman. So he's always traveling and, and I can't ever get a hold of him. I never saw him. I mean, that, that was the thing. And he, he thinks wants, he wants he to have kids and so you can take care of them? Exactly. Mm. I mean, no, I, no. I mean, before this, I was a consultant. And so we we're both very, very busy. And so um, I'm like, I'm a consultant, I'm, I'm working at Microsoft, I'm working at Amazon, I'm all over the place, and yeah. he's flying across country, when do you want children? And so I figured I could get dogs, you know, I could mm. put them in doggy daycare, we could bring them to the office sometimes. Um, it just didn't work out, mm. that's all. I'm curious, uh, Edgar, how you feel about humans owning dogs? Mm. Well, it, it is a complicated question. My, I have, I have, tried to talk to a few dogs and you my under get their take on it my understanding <laughs> is that they they seem fairly happy with the arrangement mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it, it it doesn't bother me but I am also not an expert in dogs I, I'm an expert in human behavior but Edgar had a great connection with, okay. with my Pomeranian Lance so they they just they, you know they they stared at each other and um, does Lance also have a bedazzled jacket? Yeah, we're working on it actually, uh, but not really the little shackles. Yeah. I don't know if we could really get that on. Yeah. I don't know if he felt that. Um, Man, with... I, I want to push on this a little bit. So maybe this idea of like, do you think maybe there might be a little bit of internalized something with the dogs being compliant to their owners? I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying like You mean that they are they have been put into some place of submission that they have been Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering have you because you're an anthropologist, so I'm just curious to know. Yes, yes, I think I mean there's something there, I think, because as we all know, humans do have a tendency to always be trying to conquer uh -huh, and, yeah. you know, uh -huh. take charge and control each other. And mm -hmm. that is very, you know, important for, for humans to try, try to not be controlled. So, yes, I do think perhaps dogs fall into that category of something that humans want to control. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. So I think... I, you 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 may have something there. Yeah. I might have to look into this a little bit more. Maybe that is something I I will study study further. Well, switching gears here, let's talk about the reality TV yeah. show. Uh, mm. what, what's going on with that? So, uh, we I got in contact with a friend of a friend type of thing. They're doing this, and it's it's a YouTube reality t mm. TV show. So it's not on your regular cable network or whatever. Um, it's I don't, a streaming. It's a streaming yeah. thing. Um, I don't really pay attention, but a friend of a friend was like. Well, uh, my friend is is starting this new reality show mm -hmm. where they take animals and uh, confront people about certain situations in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, oh. like, uh, yeah, like shaming them, shaming like, shame them, you. With, shame, shame on you, shame with on you, with a bit of fear. I think I've seen the show. It's called Shame on You. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame yes. on you. Yeah. So uh, it passed. Past episodes have had um, snakes, tigers. Wow. There's been uh, a few monkeys, like the little Wait, monkeys. So like a human with a snake. Yes. And a tiger. Yes. Oh, so yes. do, do all the animals like Edgar speak? 
We, this is the first time. Oh. Oh my gosh. That's, that's going to be a ratings wow. bonanza. Yeah. yeah. That is going to take YouTube. Uh, YouTube already gets Out a lot of, of attention. Yeah. Wow. That's going to put them yeah. on a global yeah. map. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get those papers served. I believe that Edward's going to do a great job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really, you know, once I started getting into it and I understood the format, mm-hmm. it was actually a really enjoyable show. Yeah. That's so, great. So, yeah. I mean, you two are obviously so close, like best friends, I can tell. You know, I mean, are you worried at all that the producers of the reality TV show are going to try to, like, force you guys to, like, be in conflict or fight with one another, like, just for the cameras? Oh, yeah. Is that a thing that happens? I'm not familiar yeah. with... Edgar, oh. if you're into anthropology, you should watch a lot of reality TV. You know, I never oh, thought yeah. of that. Okay. Well, well, I, mean, well they, they, they I think we, our viewer. relationship right. is strong enough that... That we right. will not be. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that anything. No. I well, don't we're here, and this is a rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. Why don't we? Why don't we press on it a little bit? Okay. So, you know, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's try a scenario, right? Just okay. are we open to trying a scenario? Maybe? Absolutely. I'm open to okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so um, let's go back to maybe like the ownership stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of like the dog humans owning the dogs, mm-hmm. right? Um, Let's say that, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, let's say that Cynthia, do you feel, do you feel, uh, Edgar, comfortable around Cynthia telling you, do you feel like you are also heard and can uh, make choices for yourself? Brian, I think you should have done couples therapy for Cynthia and her <laughs> yeah, soon-to-be ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Wow. <laughs> New depths, my friend. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I'm not sure I understand the question. I mean, you didn't, you didn't feel that I pushed you to get these oh. jackets, Are there, did okay, you? So, yeah, do you, feel, do you ever feel any pressure mm. to agree or submit to Cynthia hmm. because you feel indebted to them? Or perhaps because you've been conditioned to in the zoo. Yeah. But well, you like the lattes. I, I love the lattes, Cynthia. I do not feel, I do not feel at all indebted to you, Cynthia. I just, everything I do for you is because I love you very deeply because you have been so wonderful to me. So no, no. Well, you haven't even touched your latte since you've been here. Mm. Oh. I'm just wondering. Well, I, I did have one earlier already, so yeah. oh, I'm. Oh, okay. I, I just he goes don't through the really lattes need it right like now. What, what <laughs> and they're good cold too, Brian. They're they're Fair good. Cold. Fair enough. Yeah. So then let's let's bring it over to Cynthia. Then so Cynthia, what is it that causes what 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 is it about Edgar that you like? Edgar's just very open uh-huh. to me about his past, and um, he didn't scare me when oh. I met him. That was very helpful. Mm. Um, I've not been really interested in animals or nature or anything, so uh, confronting Edgar was something very different for me. Um, but when he said hello, mm. I said, oh, it's a talking bear. Yeah. So that means I can communicate with him. Did you and, rely and on your theater training? My theater training. Yeah, what's your stage name? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, my theater training is more. So I sing in a lounge. Mm. So it's more like, and yeah, maybe maybe I did. Mm. The type of people that I confront in lounges are are very different. They're very Mm. dirty. They're you know dingy. Some are down on their luck. So you know, I I did. I did actually reach into that Mm. that history and and I said, look, bear. You know, I, I bet you, well, can, the, you can you can help Edgar, me. Right? Edgar. Well, I yeah. didn't know so at that time. Name, you said yeah. hello, and then I said, you know, we, we had this this conversation, and then finally Edgar Gralson um, came out, 
uh, because, you know, I, I had a, a friend in high school named Edgar. So I said, well, why don't your name be Edgar? Oh, so you named... Oh. You named Edgar Edgar. Wow. Well, I mean, I... He, Edgar and then, yes, and then yes. Edgar's like, Growlson. And we kind of <laughs> connected and we named... Yes, yes. My name in in my native tongue is very hard to pronounce. Well, like, so we figured uh, I would love to hear I the mean, native name. I love it to hear the name. It also sounds German. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> to my ear. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. One, one more time. I just would. Like... I've tried it so many times. It's embarrassing. Why don't you try it, Cynthia? Why don't you try it? I can't get over the little peak. The peak at the... Like, oh, that's very, like, yeah. very close. Is that close? That's I'm getting close. closer. I, I, I've got a, a unusual first name, too, so I, I, I got it. What's your first name? Kunor. Mm. Kun, Kunar? Kunor. Kunar. Kunar, yeah. Kunor, yeah. Kunar. Yeah. More like Noor. Noor. Like an or. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And my my last name is is uh it's 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 these nope uh, Taves like T O but it's spelled T O E W S. T O E W S. Toes. Oh yeah. Toes. I don't know. I'm saying grousing. So I guess what I'm trying to I guess what I'm trying to say is like so you you've um you gave her this name gave Edgar this name mm. sorry Edgar well we this connected name. we we. It was a it was a coordination. It was it was a collective event. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There were some suggestions, mm-hmm. and I, I found them very very helpful. So you yes anded. Isn't there? But but isn't there a part of you that wishes maybe you could speak your native name? Do you prefer mm-hmm. Edgar over? I think it is important for the work I'm doing to have a name that is easy to pronounce and understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't mind. Okay. When I go back, well. I don't know if I will ever go back home because I'm I'm worried I will get stuck there. But hmm. were I to meet any of my family members, I I would I would be happy to go back to my native tongue. But in this in this world, doing my work, hmm. I want to blend in as much as possible. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think that's. I mean, as I'm definitely familiar with like anthropologists, like you, you know, there's that thing around like the second you enter. Uh, community, you have forever changed that community. So, can you even objectively, you know, learn about that community? Yes, yes, your that presence is the has by virtue like changed it, right? So, I definitely understand like your desire to, you know, fit in, assimilate, to be under mm. the radar, to do your work. I definitely understand that. At the same time, I feel, you know, I just feel a little, a little sad that you feel for for your professional reasons you have to give up your your roots. Yeah. Well, they're always a part of me. They're always a part of me. Edgar's work is very important. And um, beyond going on the reality show, um, I am hoping, and I was going to talk to you about this today, so I might as well bring it up now. Hmm. Um, So I have a uh, 50-50 meetup group that's going to be turning into a startup. So Hmm. 50-50, basically helping out uh, folks who are in the middle of a divorce, 50-50 50-50 state, and what it is, it's a camp, and we go and we do yoga, we meditate, uh, we're going to have several locations, I'm looking mm. at places in Vietnam, Azerbaijan, and Colombia. Wow, okay. um, yeah, that's ambitious. So, wow. so what we're going to do is we're going to have lots of counseling and some activities, and Edgar, I want you to be there. Hmm. Wow. 
This this does sound like a great way to really be on site with a group. How long will this experience be? Well, it'll be about a couple years or so. <gasps> oh, field work for a couple years. This will be perfect for me to really get some good research done. I I accept oh, this. Is I accept. This is, this is fantastic. That's incredible. Well, yeah. I'm gonna just throw this out there. I feel like there is so much love between the two of you. There's so much chemistry. There's just so much mutual support and under mutual understanding. Have you ever thought about a partnership in some way? A romantic partnership? Mm. A marriage? Mm. This might be brought up on uh, Shame on You. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah. And it right. would be a shame not yeah. to know the answer to this question. Yeah. You should be prepared yeah. for we them are, to you know, we try are to make prepared. that happen. And, and you know, we, we, we joked about this. We're like, we're friends and we get along so well. You don't want to complicate um, but, Yeah, we don't want to You know, right now, I'm a dog mom. Hmm. And Lance... And a bear mom. And, well... A bear friend. Yes. Uh, Lance, my Pomeranian, is my baby right now, and he's really all I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. We just had a birthday for him. Aww. Um, it was great. He had little friends over and whatever. So Lance is my focus. I can't get involved with it. Sure. I agree. And in some ways, we, we are family, and, and that, is, that is something that I really aspired to, was to, to find sort of almost a host family to adopt me and bring me in and teach me the ways and I really think you have done that so but it is not I've never been a romantic type of thing mm-hmm. I feel more that I am a, a your bear brother or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. step son so well, I'm I'm that well, is what our relationship more the resembles I'm asking is because I'm looking at the shame on you website uh, that they made with Wix um <laughs> And, uh, also, they, what I they, use for my first website. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah exactly. So, uh, and they say they do usually end their episodes with some form of marriage. Oh, so I don't know if you looked at that mm, in the copy. No, I just we just spoke to the producer. It was very quick. Um, no, they're keeping tidy. information from you, but I don't know if if we. Mm, I. <laughs> that that's very that's very strange. Maybe there will be a new bachelor for you to meet. Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm texting. You know what? I'm gonna text the producer right now. Okay, I'm texting good, the producer. Good, get, get to the bottom of this. Um, yeah, and we'll discuss this later. Are we gonna get this room or not? What? We can. We can head out. Okay. Let you do your thing. Okay. It was very nice to meet you too. Yeah, it's it was great. Nice thanks, for, thanks for. Thanks for jumping see, in. I yeah. hope yeah. to see your episode thanks. on Shame on You. On yeah, YouTube. it's just gonna be what we're gonna record it or or film it. In the next couple of days, and then yeah. maybe in a few mm. months, it'll be happening. So, yeah, and best of luck on getting those divorce papers. <laughs> Thank you. To your yep. soon-to-be ex-husband, and yep. and shame on him. Shame, shame on, on him. him. Yeah, shame, shame on, on him. him. Shame yeah. on him. Let's see those jackets again. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And then they're kind of they have rainbow. They have rainbow ones too. Oh, I can oh, see. Oh, yeah. nice. When the light hits it, yep. just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, shame on me. I'm Kanor. I'm founder and CEO of MindHatch. Uh, if you're interested in bringing us in to help you do better work, you can find us at MindHatchLLC.com. My name is Maddie Canales, and I played Cynthia Berlin. You can find me on Instagram at McCanna or my website, MaddieCanales.com. My name is Laura Marks, and I played Edgar Growlson, and you can find me on Instagram at Pilot's Owner. Thank you to Morgan Hendrickson for reminding us to stick around and to kill that frown. Join us again next week as we talk to local theater artists Pilar O'Connell and Marcus Gorman. Later, we're joined by celibacy advocate Timothy Aspic and his uncle Wang. 
And remember to come see Funhouse tonight at Theater Rob Jackson, May 24th and the 25th. Our theme music was composed by Alex Place. Our logo was designed by Alex Vincini. Our audio technician for this episode was Will Paulson. Our communications manager is Maureen Armstrong. Our film and media manager is Robert Bajorquez. And our artistic manager is Jake Ferg. Find us at funhousefan.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at funhousefam, where you can get all the updates for everything Funhouse family events, auditions, and script submissions. Join us. Bye. Fish media. Yeah.